I'll tell you a story about a woman named Rosara Rivera. She was an embittered Marxist, a communist. And she lived in Lima, Peru, and she had been involved with Che Guevara, a revolutionary and a Marxist as well. And one of the things about Rosario is that she hated Christianity, loathed it. And as she lived in Lima, Peru, Luis Palau, who many of you know, decided to come out and share the good news of Jesus Christ in an evangelistic crusade. And he showed up in Lima, and and as he does pretty much everywhere in the world, he'll uh, get on the radio, uh, he'll get on TV if he can, and and, uh, Rosario would listen, and she would watch. And she was determined of one thing as she heard Luis Palau, that she was going to kill him. And so the time came to do the evangelistic crusade in the bullring, and she showed up. And as she heard Luis Palau share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the time came for people to come and to receive Jesus Christ. And so as hundreds and thousands actually came forward to accept Jesus Christ, Rosario came as well. But she didn't come with an open heart. She came with weapon in hand, fully determined to kill Luis Palau. And as she was headed forward, a woman came by her side and said, May I talk with you about Jesus Christ? And she literally struck the woman. And it caused a commotion in the middle of the crowd. And, and because all of a sudden attention was poured on her, she she fled the stadium and went back to her residence. And that night as she was there, she couldn't get this message out of her head of what Luis Palau had been bringing forth on the Word of God. That she was forgiven. That she was loved by God. There's a passage in Jeremiah that speaks that the ones who live against God will be separated from God and then It goes on to say, but the ones who live in righteousness will have life with him. And these verses in Jeremiah just kept churning on her heart. And that night she fell onto her knees and received the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. And word spread all over Lima, Peru, because they knew who she was. And then she had totally changed and now was helping those who were broken and, and was reforming government, those who had taken advantage of the poor. And now she was working for them to have a better life and loving people in the love of Jesus Christ. The Word of God is life-changing. And God speaks it forth to all of our hearts. And the question for each and every one of us is, will we receive the Word of God? And as we receive, will we accept it and allow it to work in our lives? As Paul went to the church in Thessalonica and he went to share the good news of Jesus Christ, he saw who they had become and he saw how they had responded to the word of God. 
Look with me, if you will, in Thessalonians chapter 2, starting in verse 13. And we also thank God continually. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Paul brings the word of God to them and they respond. I have the image and and the scripture was read in Revelations 3.20, but I have that image of the door. Of Jesus standing at the door as he speaks to the church of Laodicea in Revelation 3. And Jesus stands and he is present. And Jesus knocks. And then our action is we hear his voice, we open the door. And then he comes in and has dinner with us. He sups with us. And then it says, we too have dinner with him. This beautiful, intimate fellowship. And Paul comes in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and how much the Lord loves them and how he's forgiven them. And if you would receive him, your life will be changed and that the Spirit will come upon you. And as he brings the truth, Jesus is present And they too, as they hear the knock, they listen and they hear the Lord, the word of God. And then it says this, they received it. Paralambano in the original language, which means literally that they they took it by the hand and, and they brought it to their side. So there's this step of, I hear you, Lord. You're speaking to my heart. And I open the door. And I want to know more. Come by my side. And so Paul says, you heard us, you heard the good news, and you received it. But then it went further. And you accepted it. You took it in fully. They heard and they received. And then they accepted, which means that they received it favorably. They looked forward to having it come into their lives. They granted access to and they gave authority to. It's like a a young woman who looks down at her beloved on one knee. And he asks the question and he gives an offering in this little box is an incredible offering of love for a future. And as she looks and she hears the invitation, she receives his heart, and then she says yes. And then she accepts the ring, leading to the covenant of marriage. It's this beautiful marriage between us and the Lord. An acceptance of who he is, an acceptance of life together, And they heard the Lord's voice and they invited him in, into the word, 
They invited the word into their hearts and into their lives. And like we see all throughout Scripture, remember in Exodus when the Lord brought up Moses and the leaders of Israel to come and have fellowship with him. And they had a sacred meal. And whenever a meal was broken together, remember that is ultimate intimacy, that you belong. Let us sup together. And this is what the Thessalonians did. They heard and they received, come by my side, and as they knew and loved Jesus more, they accepted him in. And his word came into their lives. Well, why did they accept the word? What was it about it that brought them to this place? Why do we? Because they believed that it was straight from God. It wasn't some made, man-made religion. It wasn't something that was just brought in a bunch of new philosophy. They believed it as it was. The scriptures say, literally, you accepted it for what it really was in truth. The NIV doesn't have that part. In truth, the word of God. You took it in fully. Not again man-made, self-promoting religion. It's where we get a lot of our cults. Where we get a lot of these fanatical new religions that start up. Have you heard of Yoism? A new religion invented by a Massachusetts psychologist. Yoism. It's gained some momentum over the years, and it's a system of beliefs that's based on open source principle, where the general public becomes a combined creative authority as the source of truth. It puts aside divine inspiration in favor of wisdom from men. And they hold in high esteem Bob Dylan and Albert Einstein and Sigmund Freud among their revered saints. Dan Kriegman founded it because he wanted to make religion open to change and responsive to the wisdom of people Everywhere. And he quotes this. Every aware, conscious, sentient spirit is divine and has direct access to truth. Open source embodies that. There is no authority. Quote, unquote. The LA Times did this article and just July of last year. Let us make a religion that fits our needs. Let us make a religion based on the wisdom of men, which the scriptures say is foolishness to God. You did not accept the word as something man-made. You accepted it in truth as the word of God. And that is always a question of you and I. Do we do the same? They accepted the whole thing not just what they liked or what they wanted to hear. You know, I I got this uh, Bible in uh, Jerusalem in 1999, and uh, this is a New American Standard Bible. And I study a New American Standard because it's a little bit closer to the original language. And I would encourage you to do the same. Um, But so I turned to, to 
First Thessalonians chapter two. And as I turn to study this passage, it was kind of missing. And I thought, wow, what was it about this passage I didn't like? <laughs> and I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but what happens is when you overlay this passage with the hole over the next page, you get a whole new scripture. <clears throat> and I really meditated upon verse 7. But we prove to be spirit among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own chill thing. And that has really become my life verse. You know, we, uh, we oftentimes don't like what Scripture has to offer. But the Thessalonians accepted the whole thing. This is what God is telling us. This is how we are to live life. And we oftentimes want to just skip through some passages and move on. We want to only listen to things that please us. And this is why prosperity gospel is so successful today. Here's the good things about Jesus. And there's a lot. And there's a lot of good things in the way he deals with our sin as well. But that doesn't seem to get mentioned too often. You know, the biggest temptation, and it's been one of the, one of the biggest temptations, has always been the temptation to redefine and reinterpret the clear word of God. Do you remember the little garden that Adam and Eve hung out in? And there was a snake that withered through, and all of a sudden, there was a nice piece of fruit that is presented off a tree. And here comes the question. As they say, the Lord didn't want us to eat from that. Did God really say that? Did he really? I don't think that's what he meant. I'm not even sure if he actually said that at all. From the beginning of time. I know the Bible says this, but as followers of Jesus Christ, there is no room for but. There is no room. But we add that in and when we do, when we say, but I think this is what it's saying, then we fall into sin. And the first sin in all of history of the world is calling into question what God actually said. And unfortunately, as fallen sinners, you and I do the same. And so Paul is reminding the Thessalonians, You receive the word. Hold on to it. It is truth. You received it as the full counsel of God. And so continue to live. And I'm proud of you because you are. You're holding on to truth as your foundation for life. You accepted. You brought it not just into your head, but into your heart. And you accepted it as authority. And you lived it out. And that's been my question to myself as well as to all of us this week. Will we accept the Word of God? Will we accept Jesus Christ not only as our Savior, but truly as our Lord, 
the one who leads our lives. And he leads it through his Holy Spirit and through the power of the word speaking to our hearts. Will we accept that? Will we say, Lord, this is your authority in our lives. And we want to live for you. Because he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. And he reminds us that nobody comes to the Father except through him. He is life. Will you let him be Lord? Because what happens when we get to that place where we hear the knock and we receive him in and then we're closer and then we say, yes, I want to accept you. When that happens, there is life change in us. And those of you who are followers of Jesus Christ, each and every one of you has a testimony, as well as I do, of God's radical work in our lives, of changing us on this journey that we call faith in Jesus Christ, in this relationship with Him. And He has changed us. Metamorphosis is the word, right? He has changed us from within. We are a new creation in Christ. And each and every one of you who loves Jesus has that story. And that's what happens when we accept him. And allow him to continue to be the authority in our lives. And as we do, as we take the word of God and say, Lord, this is what you want for me, we are changed more. Each day, more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. He is making us like him. That's what the Word of God does. It's powerful in our lives. Paul says, The Word of God you receive, the Word of God which is at work in you, who believe, at work in you, energeo, where we get our word energy. It is effectively working. It is at work right this morning in your lives. Because it is full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That's what the Word brings. And the Holy Spirit comes upon us and He speaks truth into our lives as we study and know and and live His Word. We are changed from within and it works like this beautiful soil that you prepare and then you plant the seeds and the soil is ready to receive and there can be no other outcome but this beautiful burst of flowers, of growth. That's what the Word of God does in your life when you receive it. It effectively works. It doesn't just lay flat. But we go, Lord, open, again, the song we sang, open the eyes of our heart, Lord. I want to see you more. Teach me, Father, as I study your Word. And Paul sees it in their lives. And you know what? When you and I watch each other and we spend life together, We see it, don't we? We see life change. We see fruit. And you should encourage one another as God is working in each other's lives. I've seen God in you. This is what I've seen Him do. You used to be an angry, bitter person, and He's softened you. You used to struggle in your marriage, and you're moving towards each other. Because the Word of God is energeo in your life. It is working effectively as you're allowing the Spirit to minister to you through his word. There is a power in the word of God. And the Bible teaches us very clearly that there is life change when we accept it. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active. Again, that word energeo, active. 
It's effectively transforming your life. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who must give account. The word of God is living and active. It isn't just ink on paper. It speaks of who our Lord is. It speaks of his heart for us. We have the full counsel of God in his scripture to minister to us and offering us life as he breathes into our life through the Spirit. And when we accept it, it shapes our lives and we live according to his truth. And again, as a body and for all of us, as there's things that are challenges and trying in our lives, let's not try to lay out, well, here's a 12-step principle. Here's three things I can do. Let's search out the scriptures and say, Lord, what is it that you have for me? I've got a boss that is difficult. How do I step into that? Search the scriptures to know what God has for your life. And let the Spirit breathe upon you to bring truth into your life. We too often try to figure it out in our own wisdom. Hence comes Yoism into our lives. The whole philosophy of men brought together for one great religion. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, giving you truth, and rebuking, I mean, changing your course, correcting and training in righteousness. Why? Why is it useful for that? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work for life in Him, for everything that He steps into in this world as we live our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. The Word of God is all breathed out from Him. Our faith isn't just this mental wrangling. I hope you don't come here on a Sunday morning just to get more insight into some facts about the Bible. Just more head knowledge. Well, okay, we've, we've finished... Exodus, and I know the story. But that you saw the love of God as a redemptive God delivering his people, delivering you and me. A God who is salvation. A God who uses broken people. A God who offers us life. A God who tabernacles with us. It's not just about, hey, cool, he crossed the Red Sea. Let's see where that was and did that actually happen. but that the Word of God penetrates into our lives. And so as we hear the Word of God, like James reminded us, do not merely listen to the Word of God. Don't just hear the knock and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Start to live out what God has for you in His authority of the Word of God. Start to take steps according to what He asks, even though it's difficult because that's the energeo of God working in you, and he will bring you through. He doesn't say just do that without the power of the Holy Spirit, does he? You can't just love your broken family members who you struggle with without the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God helping you to love and to speak truth and to care for.
The word is how we live. It's our relationship with the one who gave us the word. It's the one who is the word. Augustine says, the holy scriptures are our letters from home. We are kingdom residents, aren't we? We belong to the Heavenly Father, and one day we will dwell there. And so while we're here on planet Earth, we read these love letters from home. I love Psalm 119. It speaks of the beauty and the power of God's Word. And almost every one of its 176 verses has some reference to how the Word of God works in our lives. These are some of the things the Word of God tells us what to do. The Word of God cleanses us. The Word of God keeps us from sin. The Word of God gives us life. It strengthens us. It restores our hope. The Word of God comforts us. It helps us not to go astray. It guides us. It brings us joy. The Word of God ministers to our souls. Do you love the Word of God? Truly, do you love the Word of God? There's a story of a a young French girl. She was blind, and she loved Jesus. And she couldn't wait. Finally, she was able to get the Word of God, and they got her the Gospel of Mark in raised letters. And she just loved reading about Jesus and his stories and his parables and and how he loved children, and, and she just loved it. And so she would go through several times a day, reading the Gospel of Mark in raised letters in French. But what happened was her fingers got calloused because she read so much. And so she, she tried to kind of take some scissors and, and, and scratch off the calluses and, so she could read again, but it actually only made it worse and, and, and it made it difficult. She couldn't do it. It was painful. And so she was broken in spirit and in heart. And she took the word of God and she went to, to kiss it, to say goodbye. And she said to her lips with the word, Farewell, my sweet father. Oh, beautiful words, farewell. And as she did that and as she kissed the word of God, she realized her lips had this wonderful sensitivity to them. And she was able to read the Gospel of Mark with her lips and rejoice in who Jesus was. The Word of God is living and it's active and it touches our lives. And so we ask the Lord, Lord, help me to love your Word. Because you know what? If you're like me, man, are there those days where you just read through and you just go, huh? What? I, don't, I don't even know what I just read. I'm, I'm already through my cup of coffee, but I missed the whole deal. And you're just kind of flat. And so I think I do this, and I think, you know, I just want to offer it to you guys, which is pray, Father, through your Spirit, would you open up the Word to me? Would you... Somehow speak to my heart, because I'm kind of, I'm just not connecting this morning. Tonight, I'm just not there. I'm kind of distracted. 
Father, help me to know you more because I want to. I want to live in the authority of your word. The word changes our lives. And because we love it and we live it out, what happens is, is people notice the change. And so we accept the word of God. And one of the outcomes of that is it changes us. And then as people watch your life, then they say, whoa, we don't like that. And so comes persecution. And this is what took place in the church in Thessalonica. Look here what happens. Verse 14. For you, brothers, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus, became like them. You suffered from your own countrymen the same things. Those churches suffered from the Jews who killed our Lord Jesus. And the prophets and all who drove us out, they displeased God and are hostile to all men. And in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they might be saved, in this way, they always heap upon their sins, one upon another, to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. We started to preach to the Gentiles, and they started to attack us, trying to keep us from bringing forth truth. And one of the outcomes is when our life has changed, people notice, and there will be, There will be persecution. The word of God brings about people who hate Jesus. And because Christ is in us, guess what? They're against us as well. He says this, he says, you suffered from your own countrymen. This word countrymen is interesting. It's a unique word that actually is nowhere else in the New Testament. And it means you suffered at the hands of the people closest to you. I have a funny feeling that's happened to you. Your dearest friends. And you gave your life to Christ and all of a sudden they weren't your dearest friends anymore. They didn't know what to do with you. Your family members who want nothing to do with you. Those closest, we get the persecution. You know, we think of persecution in many ways. For us, we we often are not persecuted to the point of death. But there is death in a lot of relationships, isn't there? And you'll find in relationships, all of a sudden, you're living out the Christian life, and and all the friends that you have, you know, they start to label, oh, you're the goody two-shoes, you're the, you know, the righteous one. You know, probably don't want to go and you know, uh, go to the bar with us or anything because, you know, you're going to judge us. And Do you get that? you get that at work especially? And you'll find slowly that you're isolated. Try being a pastor in this world as you hang out with people and you're actually enjoying a good time and you're just having a nice day together. Hey, what do you do? Well, funny you should ask. I'm a teacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, okay. (laughs) And they really don't know what to do with that. And then all of a sudden they leave. Happens often to me. I really don't anymore. I don't tell unless unless people ask me. Because I want to be at least established I'm a normal person who loves Jesus Christ. (laughs) But you'll find that. But there is persecution in all ways. There's physical persecution and there's spiritual and emotional persecution. 
I found this wonderful thing. It's, it's, there's a great website. It's called thevoiceatpersecution.com. And it had a story of these beautiful Chinese children. And we we're sending out a group to China. And they were right in the middle of a, a home Bible study. And the Public Security Bureau came. And they found 30 children uh, worshiping God and singing songs to Jesus. And they ushered them into their van to take them to be interrogated. And on the van ride to the place, they started singing songs to Jesus. And it was really annoying, the, the public security guys. And they finally get them in, and they're, they're doing threats to the children. And they go through the interrogation. And even while they're sitting at the interrogation office, they're singing songs to the Lord. Does that remind you of a scene in Philippi? Singing songs to the Lord as they were locked up in jail. And they, the officer said, listen... You need to write, I do not believe in Jesus a hundred times. Otherwise, we're not going to let you go. And so they started to write on the paper. And they wrote this, I believe in Jesus today. I believe in Jesus tomorrow. I will believe in Jesus forever. And that really angered the security guys. Exasperated, they brought in their parents and they threatened the parents. And actually, some of the parents did deny Jesus. There was one widowed believer who came in. They said, we're not going to let your twin children out unless you deny Jesus. But she absolutely refused. And when she came to to get her twin sons, they said, you better deny Jesus. And her comment to them was, listen, listen to me. I cannot deny Jesus. And I guess you're going to just have to keep them because without Jesus, there would be no way for me to take care and love my children. And so, infuriated and frustrated, they let her twin children go. Standing up for the love of God as the Word of God spoken to them as they loved Jesus and had a relationship. And Paul, like he is with the Thessalonians, he's proud of them. Your fortitude, and you've held up and you held on to the Word of God, and you held on to Christ. And there is going to be persecution Remember, the scriptures speak of it all the time. Why are you surprised at the trials you're going through? In fact, Timothy says, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Don't you know? Don't be surprised. It'll come upon you. Because when God is alive in your life, you are going out. And what happens in your life is you accept the word of God You are changed from within, and people notice. But here's the good news about that. And it's spoken of in Corinthians, which is no matter what, because you are salt and because you are light, the Scriptures say, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Jesus Christ. And through us, you and me, He spreads everywhere a fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God an aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and to those who are perishing. To one we are the smell of death and to the other the fragrance of life. And Paul says, and who is equal to such a task? And the answer to that is, you and I are because of the power of God, energeo in our lives as we go forth. And it's not us leading the triumphal procession, it's Christ through us, and so everywhere we go, we are an offering of life 
And to others, it is the smell of death because they know. And so we will receive persecution because of that. But like Paul says, but we kept on going to preach. They tried to stop us from preaching to the Gentiles. You're living it out the same way. So keep on living it and expect it to come. Because the Word of God changes lives for those who accept Him. And say to Jesus, Jesus, I receive you in. I've opened that door. Now be the authority in my life. And I want to live in you, in the power of your word. Amen? Father, we ask for that. And we ask for your spirit to fall upon us right now. And Lord Jesus, may we love your word, I pray. Would your spirit minister to us? And as we read the word, I pray, Father, that it will fulfill its work And may we give you authority, Lord Jesus. Forgive us when we hold you at bay. Forgive us when we make up our own scriptures. Lord, we want to live according to what you have for our lives. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.